The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything. So you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. Welcome into the Ringer Gambling Show. Austin Gill here with the Raj Father, Roger Sherman, father of college football, the father of your favorite analysts. I don't know what that means, but Raj, you're on the show and I appreciate you. I don't have any kids and they don't, if they did, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at analyzing things and I don't think it would be hereditary. <laughs> Before we get into the games, we got more bowl games to preview. I'm, I'm looking at North Carolina at Oregon. I like Texas at Washington. I know you have some games you'd like to look at as well. Any any early takeaways from uh, signing day? I saw Oregon got some flipped commits. I I, I think I saw Travis Hunter is going to announce his commitment once he gets a hundred thousand subscribers. <laughs> I, I love this new age. I'm excited by how many people are in the transfer portal and how many star recruits are flipping and all of those things. The decisions of eighteen year olds are driving the news cycle, and I'm I'm happy for it. It's it's great. It's pretty much always been hectic and beautiful. The signing day experience. Uh, it used to be you had to pretend not to be paying players money, and now you only sort of have to pretend that you're not paying them money. And in the future, people will probably still get mad when you're actually allowed to pay them money. I do sort of wish it wasn't right in the middle of bowl season because signing day used to be this big like sort of February holiday that college football people had where it, it was sort of a light in the offseason. And now I'm just too pumped for tonight's New Orleans Bowl between Western Kentucky and South Alabama. And, you know, it's it's hard to focus on, you know, stuff like the recruit signings that will determine who's good at college football in the future. Can I give a take on some of the recruiting verbiage and some of the NIL verbiage real quick? Because it's something that's been bothering me. 
Sure. And you saw like the, you saw the quote from like Narduzzi, I think it was who it was, about Drake May being offered, you know, five million dollars plus by multiple schools to potentially transfer from UNC. And I think the quote was, "It's just sad. It's sad. It's not sad. It's not yeah, sad. It's, good, good for him, it's not. It's not sad that Drake May, who is last time I checked, an adult in the United States, to be offered money for what he does well. That's. It's not sad. It's not. It just says it's not sad that with the contracts that Narduzzi has been handed and other adults, other adults have been handed too. The other verbiage that I hate. No one is, quote unquote, buying recruits. You don't say I'm buying an accountant. I'm not buying a lawyer. I am fucking paying a lawyer. I'm paying this recruit to come play for my team. So my team, who makes a lot of money by the players that play on the football field, continue to make more money. I mean, the, the, the worst football program in the FBS over the last like 10 years, like Kansas, still nets like $66 million or something in, in athletic revenue. And, and some of that specifically from football, a lot of that specifically from football. But no one is buying recruits. That's not, that doesn't exist. People are paying recruits. People are paying adults. People are paying people for, or for their services. I don't know. I, I, I find it really frustrating and like, honestly, like really gross how, how a lot of like older adults talk about younger adults making money. The quote from Pat Narduzzi was particularly funny. Pat Narduzzi makes about five and a half million dollars. He was upset about someone else making about five million dollars. And Pat Narduzzi got a raise because Pitt won the ACC last year. We'll be talking about Pitt a little bit more on this show. And you know why Pitt won the ACC last year? It's because they had Kenny Pickett. They had Jordan Addison. Um, and it's, let's say, for example, if we talk about what, what actually has value in college football, if, let's say, your starting quarterback is out for the game, if you have a player like Kenny Pickett, if you have a player like uh, Keaton Slovis will not be playing in that bowl game, the betting line will move because that quarterback has value. They are meaningful to the team, and that is why we believe that they deserve money. If Pat Narduzzi, for some reason, tore his ACL and missed the bowl game, <laughs> could it be on the sidelines? The line probably would not move at all. I, I obviously coaches do have value, but I, I think a lot of that reaction from the coaches pushing back on players getting paid is because a lot of the value that's been aligned towards coaches as the only people who can get paid in the system uh, is shifting back towards the players. Um, and with that said, you want to talk about Pitt's bowl game? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to clarify, uh, clarify a quick stat, and I apologize for getting fired up about this, but Kansas football, in the year of 2021, brought in 40.5, no, $40.6 million in revenue while paying $21.9 million in expenses. Those expenses don't include the NIL deals that other businesses are handing out to these teams because it's still not within yeah. the rules for colleges to pay players. This is a $41 million annual business. And you're upset that the people who are driving that are making money is just absolutely ridiculous. And I get, like, some people make fun of the JT Daniels thing where Oregon State offered him, you know, a four-bedroom house and these different things. Oh, that's ridiculous. Why would you turn that? Well, the reason they have to do those, like, weird, tricky things where, like, you're offering houses and swimming pools and, like, seats and certain things is because you're not allowed to actually pay these people for their work. Yep. It's such a, it's such a, I don't know. It's so ridiculous how we talk about it. Because I think it's, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's, it's not, and, and I think the number one word that's used probably misappropriately is kids. These are not kids. These are adults. They're 18, 19 years old. If they got a job at Starbucks, they're not getting paid in NIL deals from 
neighboring businesses. They're getting paid by Starbucks because Starbucks is leveraging them, obviously, for the revenue that they're bringing in. That, that, that's the last that you'll probably talk on recruits because it's something that really just pisses me off. Oh, yeah. I love it when you get fired up about stuff. And let, now we're going to make you $66 million <laughs> with our camp. Do you want to start with South Carolina, Notre Dame? I know that's one of the bowl games you want to preview. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't know we why got people like that preview. Uh, anyway, we got people fired up about Pitt. I want to talk about them later. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, so we wanted to just look at some of the remaining bowl games that are left on the schedule, see if there are any places that they are value betting on bowl games. It's tough because uh, you, you look at how teams play in the year, and a lot of that is kind of irrelevant. So much of it comes down to who's actually going to be playing in these games, who's actually fired up to play in the games. And I think sometimes that can actually help create value. So let's start off with Notre Dame versus South Carolina in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. I will only say the name of the sponsor of the bowl if I think it's funny to me, mm -hmm. which in my opinion, tax layer is Notre Dame I mean, coming, coming into this game. Uh, Drew Pine, the starting quarterback all season is not playing. He tried, he's transferring to Arizona state. Michael Meyer, the star tight end, likely uh, first round draft pick, not playing in the game for Notre Dame. Isaiah Foskey also not playing in the game. Also likely first round draft pick opting out of the game. Those might be Notre Dame's three best players, and they are all not playing. I would have liked South Carolina, the way they closed this year, I would have liked them straight up against Notre Dame. They beat Tennessee. They beat Clemson down the stretch. They closed really strong. They're clearly playing for Shane Beamer. They have good things going on. I might have liked them straight up. Instead, they are getting points in this game. They are underdogs against Notre Dame. And we know that Notre Dame is not going to be at full strength. South Carolina is missing their star running back, Varshawn Lloyd. But honestly, I don't think that's that huge of an issue. He wasn't available in the game against Tennessee that they won. He also only had 17 yards when they upset Clemson. When they moved to the passing game with Spencer Rattler, when they let him really let loose, he, he looked great down the stretch. So I think, I, I, I mean, I think, I'm on South Carolina plus two and a half, uh, and, and I like them at, on the money line, plus 115. I, I'm with you. I like, I like the Gamecocks in this one. I'm a big Beamer believer. Beamer ball is being played in South Carolina, and I'm buying it. I think that, you know, saying even saying Notre Dame is not at full strength, it doesn't even do it justice. A lot of these teams that are, quote, unquote, not, a, not at full strength are, are not just out players they're out their best players like their best yes. players aren't playing. <laughs> like, and yes. any team that has, is suffering from opt-outs, it's, it's their best players you know, effectively prioritizing, you know, their NFL draft status over and, and, yeah. and preparation for the combine over, you know, playing in what has become a meaningless bowl season for a handful of reasons. The transfer portal is is contributing to that. The um, Obviously, the opt-outs are contributing to that in terms of the timing of these games and the college football playoff making like, them less valuable. And the other piece of this, too, is like coaches are just swapping spots. Like, you have coaches just like moving on before bowl games are being played. And I think it makes it that much more difficult to to handicap these games in addition to when you say not at full strength, a lot of these teams are like without really talented offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, even head coaches, or without some of their top players expecting you to go into the upcoming draft. The first game I wanted to preview was North Carolina at Oregon. Oregon favored by 13 and a half, um, and the total set at 73 and a half. 
I think Ooh. the line the line has moved from that was a <laughs> the, the line has moved from Oregon minus ten and a half to minus thirteen and a half. I think some of that is because of the injuries and some of the opt-outs for UNC. I think three of their four starters in the secondary are out. And this is for a secondary that already sucks. Like Storm Duck. Yeah. Objectively, one of their best defensive players has already entered the transfer portal, not going to play. Other injuries have affected the secondary, and this UNC defense has been bad all year. Yeah, the total is 73 and a half. Okay. And Oregon, obviously, with, with Bo Nix, I think he's getting a lot healthier. This game isn't going to be played, I think, until December 28th, December 29th. Um, I think it's going to allow for him to be healthier, more mobile in this game. You got Bo Nix versus Drake May, who is a That's- five. five- Who's a $5 million man, according to some schools. It, it's, it's going to be a fireworks show, man. This is this is the bowl game to watch. This is the bowl game to watch. It's also the Holiday Bowl, which is based in San Diego. Hashtag go Aztecs. I'm excited about this one. No Josh Downs. That's going to affect, obviously, the UNC offense. No Phil Longo. Offensive coordinator for UNC is moving on to Wisconsin. I think it'll be interesting to see what this offense looks like. But, man, expect points in droves. Expect fun quarterback play from Bo Nix and Drake May. I think that... The opt-outs for North Carolina and obviously losing their offensive coordinator and losing their top receiver, Josh Downs. That's why Oregon's favored by 13 and a half. I'm probably going to take them minus 13 and a half and give me the over. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. There, we were just talking about all the instances where certain people aren't playing in the game. You're not getting a lot of better showdowns than Drake Bay versus Bo Nix. Two guys who are coming back to college football next year. Uh, two guys who are excited to play in this bowl game. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, I, I, 73 is, is, is hard to go over on, man. It's a lot of points. It is a lot of points. Are you not on the over with me? <sighs> you know, I, 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 I side towards uglier football. And <laughs> last week we were talking about going under on the Kentucky Iowa game that's set at 31. And this game is like two and a half, two and a half. Kentucky Iowa games in this one. I I don't know. I was looking at it. I, I think fourteen is a lot. I think fourteen is a lot. I I, I think I'm going to lean on North Carolina. I'm not sure how much losing an offensive coordinator before a bowl game, you know, really matters. They're probably still going to be running the same offense. I agreed that Josh Downs is an issue, but I, I'm thinking that they can cover the thirteen and a half. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. I have to read you this quote from Dabo. I have to. I know you just got Please. done talking about the NIL. And, and he's got a press conference going right now. This is a real quote. We built the program on NIL. Probably different than what you're thinking, though. We built it on God's name. Yes. Image, and <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That is the most absurd thing I've ever I seen. I knew he could do it, man. I, I, oh, my I, God. I knew he could do it. I When you started reading the quote, oh, my God. Is that? Yeah, he said that. That is beautiful. Incredible. 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 You all, anyway, I got to move off. Da- I got to move on. I'm gonna, We got to get producer all- Stefan out of this. I'm going to go on a rant. I'll be talking about this for like six more hours if we keep going about how just ridiculous some of the college football landscape is in terms of NIL and older adults making fun of younger adults and not being happy about them making money. Whatever. I'm done. I'm done with it. We got to get into the next game. My next game. I, I, it sounds like you're on UNC and the under, which is fine. You want to contrast me in the Holiday Bowl, San Diego. Yeah. My, my, my stomping ground's fine. 
Next game I want to discuss, Texas at Washington. An all-time revenge game. Washington, a three-and-a-half-point dog uh, in this one. It's the Alamo Bowl. Total set at 67-and-a-half. More points to be expected. Steve Sarkeesian, head coach of Texas and defensive coordinator for Texas, Pete Kwiatkowski, both former coaches for Washington. Got a cheeky revenge game in that one. Um, B. John Robinson, star running back for Texas, not playing. Linebacker DeMarvion Overshone, star linebacker for Texas, not playing. Backup running back to B. John Robinson, who got an invite yeah. to the Senior Bowl. Roshan Johnson, also opting out. Dude, if you haven't watched Roshan Johnson's tape because you've been watching too much B. John Robinson, that guy is an absolute beefcake. 6'2", 225, and runs like it. It is a fun player to watch, but he's not going to be playing in this game. He's a Senior Bowl invite. I still think that there's enough here for Texas to be excited about. Whittington playing, Worthy playing, obviously Quinn Ewers. But one of the more under-discussed players on this podcast and probably others as well is Michael Penix Jr. Michael Penix Jr. has been awesome for Washington this year. He announced that he's coming back for 2023. He's going to play in this game. I like Washington as a live dog. I like them plus three and a half. I like them on the money line. I don't really have a lean on the total. If I was going to lean either way, I'd probably say the over. However, I, I, I like Washington a lot at plus three and a half, and I like them as a dog as well. So here's the one thing that I think is is giving me a little bit of a little bit of angst about this. Texas always plays at the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> they their last two bowl games have been at the Alamo Bowl. They've played there five times in the last 10 years. And they do really well there. Because it's in Texas. A lot of Texas fans who might not want to go out to Austin. They're playing in San Antonio. It's it's a it's it's a home field advantage for them. There will not be a lot of Washington fans in the building. In 2020, they beat Colorado 55 to 23. In 2019, they beat Utah 38 to 10 in the Alamo Bowl. It, the the home field advantage does seem to be meaningful. They've gone four and one there in the in, in the Alamo Bowl all time. So that's sort of the one thing I'm playing against the fact that I don't know what Texas football even looks like without Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson is Quinn Ewers enough to carry the load like of that team uh, just throwing. They have been so dependent on Bijan game after game, after game, after game. He was their star and now they won't have him or his backup. I I just wanted to say the Alamo Bowl facts to give a little bit of contrast. That's the one thing giving me pause, but I, I'm going to ride with you on Washington. Let's go. Michael Penix Jr., I, I think the, the running back that they'll have like being the number one guy is, is less than 25 carries this year. So it'll be yep. interesting to see what the run game looks like for Texas. Maybe I'm wrong. I said I don't have a lean on the total, but maybe go over. Maybe the under makes more sense, even though you have you know two really good quarterbacks in this one um, that should have their, their full flight of receivers. We'll, we'll see how this one goes. Anyway, no no lean on the total. I like plus three and a half. I like Washington on the money line as We're well. both riding more, with the Huskies. You had one more bowl game. Yes. Narduzzi's Pittsburgh Panthers. <laughs> the evil give, give Pat me, Narduzzi. <laughs> give, give me the preview for this one. Guess the Tony the Tiger Sud Bowl. Like I what? said, I only say. That's the actual name? Yeah, and he's like in the logo and everything. It, they they decided not to call it the Frosted Flakes Bowl. It's just literally sponsored by Tony himself, the, the anthropomorphic tiger who thinks things are great. <laughs> so... <laughs> So here we have the dreaded University of Pittsburgh. By the way, this game is at literally the same time as the other game I bet on. Uh, okay. UCLA and the Sun Bowl uh, is at the same time as the South Carolina Notre Dame game. So if you come see me on December 30th in the early afternoon, 
I will be freaking out. I will have a lot of money on different things and I will be very unpleasant to be around. Uh, for me, this uh, right now, the line is uh, right now. The line is UCLA minus three and a half. I am very heavily on UCLA. I do not understand why this line is so close. Kedon Slovis, the pick quarterback in the transfer portal, he will not be playing. They're starting Nick Patty, who only played once this year. He went nine for 20 passing against Tennessee. He really hasn't played much in his entire career. He's a senior. He started the Peach Bowl last year when Kenny Pickett opted out, but almost immediately broke his collarbone. I'm not predicting that will happen again. I hope his <laughs> collarbone is fine. I'm, but, I'm glad you're not predicting that. <laughs> but uh, it just uh, it, he just hasn't gotten a lot of snaps in his career. Not, but the most important part of their offense, Izzy Abanaconda, who led the nation in rushing touchdowns. He had 20. He is opting out. He is going to the NFL draft, just like Bijan Robinson. He had over 100 yards in 10 of their last 11 games. And the one he didn't have 100 yards, he was injured. He missed the entire second half. He had 320 yards against Virginia Tech. That is a lot of goddamn rushing yards. He is the star of that offense. And they will not have him. So they're down their quarterback. They're down their starting running back. And they're, you could argue Abinaconda is their most important player, but their best player is Kalijah Kansi on defense, who is an, a unanimous All-American defensive tackle. He is injured. He's missing the game with shoulder surgery. So they're without their quarterback, the star of their offense, and also their best player overall. And... This wasn't a particularly great team, and we hate Pat Narduzzi because uh, of his opinions about uh, player payment. And meanwhile, this UCLA team, you know, we know that they can put up points. We we had a lot of fun watching them in the Pac-12 this year. I, I think that they're going to cover the three and a half easily against a Pitt team that A, wasn't that great, and B, is missing their three best slash most important players. I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you, and and I'm fading Narduzzi at all costs. So it all it all it all comes into it all comes into form. And as a caveat, I will say that this is bowl season, and I ran down the list of players who would be missing for the Louisville Cincinnati game, and then Louisville came out and kicked Cincinnati's ass super hard, just dominated (laughs) them, and lost me and potentially some of you money. And I'm sorry about that. But when you run down the list of the most meaningful players on Pitt's team, they're not there. And it's another situation where I might have bet on UCLA even in a full-strength situation. So I'm riding with South Carolina. I'm riding with Notre Dame. I think I might have bet on both of those teams in a normal game. And instead, we're getting them in games where their opponents are missing their best players. I love it. Bowl season's for the vibes, anyway. Bet on bowl season at your own risk, but also just bet for the vibes. That's why I picked two games with super high totals. 67 and a half for Texas, Washington, 73 and a half for Oregon, UNC. I just want to watch some points. I want to see points as we head into the new year. Roger, always a pleasure. This might be our last show before the new year. We'll see what they have us cooking up next week. Uh, I think we're in college football playoff. What are you talking about? I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. It's a sad, sad state of affairs, as Narduzzi would say. I'm an idiot. We're definitely going (laughs) to preview the college football playoff games next week, and I can't wait to do it. Roger, big shout out to you. Thank you so much. I can't wait to watch the four games this week. Until next time, Roger, Austin, the winner, Gail.